Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us here on another episode of Simply Put. This is your host, Britt or Brittany, whatever you want to call me is perfectly fine. And I'm just so glad that you're here today. If you're new to the podcast, maybe a friend forwarded you an episode. Maybe you found us randomly on Apple, whatever your story is. I just want you to know. I'm really glad you're here. You do not have to go back 30 episodes to catch up. You can pick up right here. And I just believe God is going to speak in a big way today. So today we're going to be looking at this story in Exodus 17 about friendship and the different roles we have in supporting people and just these different places that we fall into throughout our lives. And I am so excited about today's topic and just what I believe God is encouraging me to share with you guys. So thank you again for hanging out. I think that's it. I don't really have anything else to say. Let's jump in. Welcome to Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's Word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. All right, here we go. So our story today is found in Exodus chapter 17, and we're looking specifically at the lives of four people. We're looking at the life of Moses, um, the battle that Joshua is in, as well as Aaron and Ur, who are introduced to us a little bit further down in the story. But our key verse today is going to be after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses Write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. That's Exodus 17, 14. And today I want to talk about this idea of tell them what happened. And to do this, we're going to break down some different aspects of friendship, some different ways we support people that are maybe in a valley or in a battle of some sort and how we fit into this picture. So we're going to pick up here. Exodus 7 verse 8 says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. And so right off the bat, here's what we see is these men are being attacked and Moses sends Joshua. He's like, Joshua, get the boys, troop up. It's time to fight this battle. And the first thing that Moses does after he gives this instruction to Joshua is he grabs the staff of God in his hand. And this is what's so interesting about this idea right here is this is the same staff that um, a couple chapters before was part of our, I guess, really 
instructed the wind to blow over Egypt in uh, the plague of locusts. And this is also the same staff that has brought water from a rock at Mount Sinai. And it's also the same staff that parted the waters at the Red Sea. I mean, this staff isn't just a staff. This staff is the experience of God working in their current circumstances. And so ultimately what Moses is saying here is Joshua, get ready to fight. And I will be here holding up proof that God is good for his word. And I know I mentioned it at the beginning of uh, this episode, but today we're looking at just different roles we play in people's lives or maybe the roles of ourselves. And there are times in our life where this is our role. Physically, it's not us in the fight. Maybe we're further removed or have a totally different perspective of something. But when we find ourselves here, this is what we can be sure of is that just because we're not in the fight doesn't mean we cannot be fighting the fear and doubt on someone's behalf. Now, ultimately, this is going to be Joshua's battle that he is fighting. But here, before he ever steps foot into the ground, Moses is saying, even though you are the one fighting this, I promise I will be here reminding you that God is good for his word. And I think we tend to overlook uh, the importance of this person in our lives, whether that's us, whether we have somebody that is breathing this type of feedback into our minds. But we'll talk about it at the end of this episode. But it's so hard to see the fight for what it really is when you're in the fight. And so to be that person or to have that person that's willing to stand by you, even though you're the one in the fight or even though they're the one in the fight and just constantly reiterate over and over again, I promise I will not let you forget how many times God has come through. And we see this happen in the gospels as well. Um, In the book of Mark specifically, Jesus is talking to his disciples and his disciples are mad, worried about something. And Jesus has just fed thousands of people. He's healing people left and right. And they're still worried about how this is going to play out. And ultimately, Jesus tells them, don't you remember anything at all? Do you not remember that I healed that person? Do you not remember that I came through? Do you not remember all of the things I've done to make sure that you were protected. And I think that that word is so much of what Moses is exemplifying here, but also what we need to hear is, don't you remember how many times God has come through on your behalf? Don't you remember how many battles you've won and how many things you've walked away from that were pure miracles? Like, don't forget those. And so if we pick up in verse 10, it says, Joshua did what Moses commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Ur climbed to the top of a hill nearby. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. And before we press on, I want to stop right here and just press pause because I think this action really transcends into our personal and professional and spiritual lives because ultimately what these guys are doing is they're making a decision to see things from a different perspective. 
They're making a decision to remove themselves from where they are and get a different insight, get a higher insight, get a perspective that is not the one that they have right now. And I think this is very important when it comes to um, supporting people in battles or dealing with battles ourselves is there's always another perspective and a higher perspective. But you have to be willing to make the decision to go and get that perspective. That perspective doesn't come naturally to us, especially when we're on the ground with somebody. And so I just want to encourage you before we press on that there's always another perspective to be gained and don't be afraid to do the work to gain that perspective. And so we read on Moses is still holding this staff in his hand. Him, Aaron and Ur are on the top of a mountain looking at the battle from a different perspective. And we find out that whenever Moses drops his staff, the Amalekites gain the advantage. But as long as his hand is out over the battle, they're winning. And so I wonder how long it took Moses to figure this out. I mean, how many times did he get tired, drop his staff, and then before realizing there was a correlation? Because at some point, if he's going to realize that when he puts his hand down, they gain the advantage, then he had to have done it at some point in time. And and so I wonder how many times did Moses get tired and weary of holding um, the truth over this battle that God is good on his word? How many times did it take him of setting that truth down for him to realize that unless I hold this out, the battle cannot be won? And the dropping of the staff can look like so many things in our lives. I mean, remember, all this staff is, is real life examples that God is good for his word. God is good at being God and God really will come through. And I don't know how you guys rank on this scale, but I know for me, um, sometimes this gets really tiring. And I think that, um, you know, maybe this is the best way to really explain it, but, uh, Almost four years ago now, my mentor was diagnosed with stage four C cancer. So the survival rate past uh, one year, I think one or two years is 1%. So you make it past that first year, you are in the one percentile. And God has miraculously held this cancer exactly still, not gotten worse, not gotten better, still for C cancer. It has been almost four years years. And at first, when the battle first began, it was easy to hold the staff out and be like, God, I've seen you come through. God, I know you're good. God, I know you're a divine healer. God, I know you've got this. That's easy in those first few months. That's easy through the first five scans. It's easy through maybe the first eight months. But then something starts to happen in our spirits when We're believing God uh, that he's going to win or that this is really going to happen, that he really can do this, but he's taking longer than we'd like or maybe longer than we'd ever thought he would. And so we get tired. And remember, the staff in Moses' hand isn't just a stick. It's something that um, literally and physically represents time and time again of God coming through. And so we see that 
when he's holding out his experiences, they're winning and, and the victory is being won. But when he sets it down, the Amalekites gain the advantage. And the dropping of this staff can represent a lot of things in our lives. It can represent despair, doubt, uncertainty, distraction, hopelessness, forgetfulness. I mean, if we're really honest, it's not that we meant to stop believing God was good. It's not that we meant to um, stop believing that he really could do what he promised he was going to do. But there's something in us that gets weary, that gets tired, that says, I'm really tired of holding on to this hope when my circumstances say otherwise. And here's what I found is in the first, uh, first few months of a battle, it's really easy to state your faith. It's really easy to stand on the word of God and believe for these divine things. And, and again, year after year, when maybe God isn't doing what you've asked him to do, we stop stating faith and we start debating faith. And we start saying, well, God, I'm believing for healing, but if it's not in your will, you know, I, I trust you. God, I'm believing for a good, fun, and godly marriage. But if you call me to singleness, I'm okay with that. I'm just telling you guys my prayers. I'm just being honest. And so we clause our own prayers. You know, we we ask God for something and then we almost like backpedal a little bit just in case it was too much of an ask for God. And And the truth of the matter is, is that by doing this, we're almost trying to self-protect what we're scared will be um, neglected, I think is a good word for it. And I wonder how many of us are maybe, you know, in a battle with somebody or we're walking with someone through cancer or through divorce or through a season of depression or a season of anxiety and, and we're struggling and we're so discouraged and despaired. And friend, can I just encourage you that Maybe it's time to pick up that staff. Maybe it's time to start declaring in faith that God is good and God is for you and God will bring you from triumph to triumph, from victory to victory, because that is who he is. And genuinely, I want you to know, by no means am I saying this is easy. But what I am saying is maybe it's important that we fix our eyes on the truth that God is good for his word and continually um, reiterate circumstances and moments when he has come through. Usually in my quiet time, uh, God and I, we call this the museum of circumstances. And so when it feels like nothing is happening, when it feels like uh, God can't do this, when it feels like God isn't going to do this, when it feels like he's not listening, when all of those feelings start to overwhelm my soul, I always just hear him whisper, let us go into the museum of circumstances. And just as if you were to walk into a museum, I dare you to look back at your entire life and really highlight those moments that God has come through. Because what I know is there's a surplus of them. We just lose sight because we've just gained focus on something else. And so if that's where you're at, I just want to encourage you to pick that staff back up. Walk through that museum of circumstances and set your eyes on the truth that God is good for his word. So we go on to read in verse 12, Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. 
So Aaron and Ur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And so here we are introduced to two new people, even though we know they're with Moses on the hill, we don't really hear of what they're doing. And then we're introduced to Aaron and Ur. And they see Moses getting tired. They see Moses's arms shaking and becoming weary. And so they flee into help. They want to help. Now, the way they help is where I want us to focus on with these two specific characters, because the first thing they do is give Moses something to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. And this order is important because if they didn't first provide Moses with a solid foundation, then they would have been responsible for supporting him completely. And so the very first thing they do is they find a foundation that can support Moses. Friend Psalm 1831 says, For who is God besides the Lord and who is the rock except our God? Psalm 18.1, the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. As friends, as somebody that is supporting um, either somebody that is speaking life over somebody in a battle or somebody physically in a battle, this is the most important thing we can do so that way we are not responsible um, for their battle. Like that's, that's the tendency. The tendency is to come swoop in, hold their arms up. But then we realize after a while that we're really not a sure foundation. We're really not something that they can rest on. And they don't take over for Moses. And it's not like they're holding him up. The very first thing they do is they give him something he can rest on. This is important. And I know he keeps saying this over and over and over again, but this is our human tendency. As we see somebody struggling through something and ultimately we wanna do two things. We wanna A, be their complete and total support, or we wanna B, take over. And be like, oh, just don't worry about it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And the problem is, is neither of these are sound solutions. Because what they do is they either create total defeat of the person that was um, initially in that place, or they create codependency, which also isn't healthy. And so the first thing Aaron and Ur do is they get Moses something he can rest on. And This is probably one of the most golden things I ever learned um, from my mentor. But like, no matter what you say or do, you are not a firm foundation. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how close you are with God. I don't care how much Bible you read. I don't care about any of that. The truth of the matter is, is you are still human. You will still fail people and you are not a solid foundation. So the most helpful thing you can do to support somebody, the most encouraging thing you can do to support somebody, and the most impactful thing you can do to support somebody is put them back at the feet of Jesus. Keep pointing them to Jesus. Keep reminding them of who God is. Give them a firm foundation they can rest on. And just one way I love to do this We've talked about it before. Um, I actually got it from Havala is this idea of a rhema word. And what a rhema word is, is it's a verse that 
just speaks life into your current circumstance. So one of my main goals this year, or one of my main focuses is stewardship and really learning how to handle money better and actually handle money with eternity in mind. It's weird. And Hebrews 10.36 has been my rhema word. Patient endurance is what you need now in order to do the will of God. And so in moments when I feel discouraged, when I don't think I can do it, I speak that verse over myself. And I'm like, wait a second, patient endurance, which means I have to keep going. I have to stay in this race. And I don't know what that rhema word is for you. I don't know what that rhema word maybe is for somebody that you're close to. But what I do know is this is how we point people back to the feet of Jesus. And if you take nothing else from this podcast today, man, I just pray that you take this because you are, no matter how cool you are, no matter how strong you are, you are not a firm foundation. Only Christ is. And I think just to touch on this for one quick second, because we get really tripped up where we're like, well, Brit, but the Bible says carry one another's burdens. And so how do I know if I'm carrying a burden or if I'm um, creating like a codependency issue? What does that look like? And I am not a licensed psychologist or anything like that. But this is what I have learned. Tragedy is a burden. Unexpected um, obstacles. That is a burden. But something that someone is not willing to walk through, something that someone is not willing to address, something that someone is just not willing to even surrender to God, that is not your battle to fight. And if you walk away with nothing else, I pray that you walk away with this. We are called to bear one another's burdens. We are called to walk with them. We are called to encourage them. But the best thing you can do for anybody is point them back to Jesus over and over and over again, because it is he who heals. It is he who redeems. It is he who is making all things new. We cannot do that. Only God can. So I'm very passionate on this topic. I pray that was for somebody because I know that this is where we get bound up in feeling obligated um, for freedom. And again, that's just not your game. That's God's game. So let God be God. All right, I digress, but we're going to keep pressing on. So to finish up this story, Exodus 17, 14 says, After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of the Amalek from under heaven. So the first time I read this verse, I was like, God, why does Moses need to write this down? I don't understand. Why does Moses need to tell Joshua what happened? Joshua was in the battle. Joshua fought the battle. Surely Joshua knows what happened. Why in the world does Moses need to tell Joshua what happened? And if you're part of our email club or anything like that, you know, I have been hammering this idea home um, for the last few days now, because the truth is, is you cannot see the battle for what it really is in the midst of the battle. The only thing you see is devastation. The only thing you know is exhaustion. And it's so hard to see the fight for what it really is. When we're in it, we start to wonder, like, God, did I hear you right? 
Did I make the right move? Did I do the right thing? Am I doing what you want me to do? Did I, did I leave too soon? Did I take out someone that you actually wanted in? And we start to doubt, honestly, um, who God is, what he called us to do and why we're doing it in the first place. And I believe this is a word for you as much as it was a word for me, but you cannot see the battle for what it really is when you are in it. You just can't. And so you need people from the outside breathing life in, telling you what really happened. You need people to remind you that you're not crazy, that you didn't overreact, that you are making the right move, that that is God's ask on your life, that that is what God is asking you to do. You need people constantly reminding you of that because friend is so easy to forget. And so tell somebody what happened in the fight. Remind them that they're faithful Remind them that God has them. Whether you're the Joshua and you say, you know, Brett, I'm in the fight of my life. I I don't know what to do anymore. I just feel so defeated. I'm just focused on what's in front of me. Friend, let us be that Moses for you and tell you that God is good at being God and he is good for his word. Or maybe you're in Moses's position and you're supporting someone in the fight. And I just want to encourage you to pick that staff back up. Pick back up the experience that you've forgotten. Take a walk through the Museum of Circumstances and remind yourself that God is good. God is good at being God and God is good on his word. And maybe you fall more into the Aaron and Ur category. And you're like, I'm just supporting somebody who's supporting somebody that's going through the fight. Friend, I want to encourage you. The best thing that you can do is keep pointing them back to Jesus. Remind them of his faithfulness. Remind them of his goodness and his power and his might. Remind them of his kindness and his love and his hope for a future. Remind them that he's always making things new because we forget. And we don't see things for what they really are. We get bogged down with discouragement and worry, and despair, and hopelessness, and all of that is real. And so all I'm asking you is if you find yourself in any of these positions, tell them what happened in the fight. Remind them that he's good. Remind them that he's strong. Remind him that he's kind. Remind them, like remind them, remind them, remind them that he is in it with them. He hasn't forgotten about them. He hasn't left them. Because it's so hard to see that when we're in it. So I'm praying that this uh, episode brings some new life to maybe your position in friendships, relationships, coworkers, whatever that area is, um, whoever you relate to in whatever circumstance. Because the truth of the matter is, is we are all of these people throughout different times in our lives and different circumstances. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got today. Praying, praying, praying that this um, message impacts you as much as it has me. And look, I'm so thankful for you guys. That's all we got today. So I love you. We will see you guys back next week. And if you have any questions or I don't know, anything to say, feel free. Always shoot me an email. I will drop it into the description for this. So you are so loved. Go be a really great friend. (laughs) 
Bye, guys. Have a good day.